everyone, and welcome to the Circlos Podcast. We are here in Season 3, Episode Who Knows, um, but we have two very special guests with us today. So without further ado, uh, we will let them introduce themselves, and then we'll get rolling. So take it away, guys. Oh, me? You go. <laughs> My name is Aranya Samardis. Um I live in Palm Harbor, very close to Tarpon Springs. Um and my co-instructor at right now is Miguel. Let him introduce himself. I'm Nomikos Miguel Kapuraki. Um, I live in Tarpon Springs. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, really excited to meet you guys through video chat. Um, so I'm sure our listeners want to know, but I want to know um, what was your journey into Greek dance? When did you get introduced to it? How did you grow up around it? And when did when did it turn from something you do to something you're passionate about and that just like brought you to where you are today? So go. <laughs> so personally for me, Greek dance and just like Greek tradition, heritage in general was, I mean, just like second nature. Um, growing up in Tarpon, you know, like Panigiria, Gledia, or New Year's Eve dance every year. It was like very traditional. Um, as a baby, my great grandfather, um, I mean, he played, I'm from Kalimnos, so he played the Kalimian Sabuna. Um, in and around the house with his sisters and his wife singing, um, us dancing in the kitchen. Like it was very much just in the house throughout my whole life. And then I started dancing with the dance group. Um, first grade we start. So I started in first grade. Um, I started there and then I've, uh, the rest is history. I've been dancing since and I just love it. So. That's that. <laughs> awesome. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off before we move on to Rania. Um, I'm curious. I mean, you had a really Greek <laughs> childhood, um, yeah. which is awesome. I, I I love hearing I love hearing stories when you know like people are just immersed into the culture from the start and it's, mm -hmm. it's just there. And it's almost like you don't even have to think about it because, well, Greek dance has always been part of my life. Was there ever a part in that progression where you veered away from dance or was it always constant for you? Yeah, actually, um, recent, not recently, but more recently, I actually went off to college. I say off cause I went to Tampa. Um, and when I was there, it was like from 2018 for like a year and a half. Honestly, it wasn't that long. I really wasn't going to dance much. Um, I did miss it a lot. I, it was like that part of me was missing. And um, I would find myself like making my roommate try to dance like a like a with me and they'd be like what are we doing right now and it, i mean i would need that you know because growing up being in the dance group being at home i would do my own like research and i would just dive in holes and just go for hours on hours of like videos and research and like pages 
and just watching like intricacies and certain like figuras that people are doing. And that was missing from my life when I was like off in college and stuff. So yeah, definitely, definitely veered off there for a little bit. Was your roommate American or was your roommate Greek? She's so she's half Greek and then half American. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I mean, even if, even if she was totally like not Greek at all, I think that's, yeah. She didn't have much of like a Greek dance background. Yeah. But still she was kind of like, well, why are we doing this? And I was like, right. I do. I dance in my room for fun. So exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think we all have experiences of that. Like we can probably think back to like, you know, at some point in our lives and we were like, I remember once I was videotaping, this is so embarrassing, but whatever. I was like a young kid. My mom made me like videotape my feet and she's watching it back. And she's like, why are your socks so dirty? I'm like, that's not the point of this mom. Like you want to see my steps. <laughs> like, I, I mean, my socks are dirty probably because I was walking outside in them, but I'm not going to tell you that. Cause I'm going to get, you know, yeah. so, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, next. So my story is a little bit different. Uh, so, sorry. I am not from Gaidnos. Um, and so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, it was pretty shocking. Um, so I actually, uh, my story is going to be a little bit longer than we guess because it's a little more complicated for that uh, aspect. But um, so I was born in New York and then um, my family moved to Greece in Athens, uh, where my dad is from. My mom's from Castoria. And um, so I lived um, in Athens until I was around eight years old. And when I went to school from pre-kindergarten until third grade. And during that time, we actually did Greek dancing as like a PE um, included in the, in the PE class. Like it was like a designated time that we would do. Um, Greek dancing. And so that was my first introduction into dancing. And then we moved to Florida. Um, so in order for us to be involved in the community, we, uh, my mom was an English teacher in Greece. So we were exposed to the language, um, more so my brother, cause he was older. I, um, I didn't know how to speak at all, any English. So when we came here, um, my parents moved, um, we first moved into Palm Harbor and then moved to um, Port Ritchie, New Port Ritchie area, which is just a little bit north uh, from here, about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, so there was a Greek church there and we went with my brother um, and we got involved in Greek school and Greek dance. I got involved first and then kind of dragged my brother into it. Um, because I loved dancing so much and they said, you know, it'd be so cool and there's cool kids there, you know, we can meet people. So eventually he got um, dragged into it. And um, then after that, they didn't have an adult group or a college group, I should say. So he um, got introduced he, with a, a couple of other kids from, from the group. Um, they went to Lovetia in St. Nicholas. And so I followed right after. So he, he paved that path for me. And um, here we are now. Teaching so together. It's been, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Teaching together. <laughs> yep. So it's been about like... 15 years or so for a little bit. Yeah. So growing up in Greece, like those early years, um, 
when you were exposed to Greek dance as just kind of part of what you did, was your appreciation for dance at that point what it is today, or was it more like something you had to do? Yeah, definitely. It was definitely different because it was just kind of like, you know, this is what we do. It's like, well, and it was part of school, I feel like too. Right, right, right. Exactly that. Like I did, I didn't know. We just did basic, you know, calamatiana and things like that. And I remember, I remember um, that we were doing, and I can't even remember the the dances that we were doing. But I remember, like at some point, like we would be pointing, and I thought that that was like what we were supposed to do in all the steps. You know, we're supposed to point our toes. And then when I came here and was like learning more and things like that, and I'm like, at first I was like, wait. We have to point our toes, and then I'm like, no, no, okay. Well, there, there's not so much toe, toe pointing. <laughs> so yeah, I always find it really interesting the dynamic of Greek dance in Greece versus Greek dance in America. I mean, Greek dance there, in some aspects, is almost you know taken advantage, taken for granted, and it's just like, it's just something you do. It's like we don't like you don't think about it in the way that we think about it. Like for us, it's like that one thing that we can really grasp onto and hold on to that really ties us back to and connects us back to our heritage. So I, I almost get that sense that like in America, the weight we put on Greek dance uh, and the importance of it is just so much greater. Not that it actually is from a dance program in Greece, but it's just for us, that's, that's what we can like tangibly grab most substantially to just keep us connected. Absolutely. I love hearing stories of people that like dance in Greece and it's like, yeah, you know, just whatever. It was fun. I loved it. But, but then you also get that, like that reverse side of it where you go to a body in Greece and you're dancing until five in the morning. And it's like, well, you can't recreate that here in America because yeah, we have amazing events and stuff where people are just losing their mind dancing all night. But that Baniiri in Greece is so effortless. Mm-hmm. So there's like this, it's a whole, it's like almost a flip of what I just said, where it's like, you don't have to like put all this energy into making an event because all you need is like the musicians to show up, the people to come around the square and the rest just happens. And yeah. Exactly. So. It's it's funny that you say that because uh, my my dad's uh, best friend lives in Kriti. So uh, when I went to Greece for the first time by myself, um, I was probably like 17. And um, I went to meet his daughter. So I stayed with them and met his daughter. And they lived in they live in it, not actually still. And um, she was doing hip hop dancing. Oh and uh, she was into, you know, doing like all the sorts of dancing through through um, like it was like ballet, hip hop and some like other whatever. Dance, yeah. yeah. And I just thought it was so funny because we would go out and I would be like knowing all the Cretan dances and like so excited. And she would want to do the American stuff. <laughs> she was excited that I was coming so she could like you know, show off and do all this American music and dance and all this. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to go to Panigiria. Like, (laughs) and it was so funny. It's just like a a different mixture. But, but at the same time, like you said, like there were, 
it's just other interests in people, right? So um, her friends were very into Cretan dancing and they would be, you know, all for it and, and would go and um, stay up until whatever time and they would sing and dance their madinadas and, and all this stuff. So it was just like two different parts of the mm-hmm. world. It was, it was crazy to, yeah. to kind of experience and watch, but yeah. How was like growing up, you know, I mean, obviously there were times where you're in Tarpon versus not in Tarpon, right? So before Tarpon, um, but how was it like growing up in Tarpon? Cause I know like Evan and I were there for winter dance conference. Um, we were there, gosh, the last time we were there was when the patriarch like yes. first came for epiphany. Like mm-hmm. I, I think I had just graduated college. So, or I was a senior in college. So let's say like <clears throat> 2005, um, ish. <laughs> um, yes. and it was like, Tarpon was yeah. so, for me, it was like this, beacon of kind of amazingness, but also weirdness. Like I, I was like, I don't know how to feel here because I I feel like I'm sort of in Greece, but I also really feel like Americanized here too. So talk about growing up in Tarpon and you know, what you all kind of experienced. Okay. So personally growing up in Tarpon. Okay. So you, Obviously, it's like Mikrielada. It's like small Greece, little Greece in America. Like, but you have to understand when you, in Tarpon, the majority were from three islands. So it's either you're from Kalimnos, you're from Sin, or you're from Halki. Um, the the majority of the youth in Tarpon is from Kalimnos. Um, a lot of the kids, so growing up, you would start like you would start dance like I said, in first grade. And then there's usually like a fall off somewhere in like middle school, high school, that transition period where a lot of the kids I grew up with just like fell off the dance wagon. Um, They would still go to Greek school and Sunday school and stuff and keep that part of the culture and the heritage, but they would fall off from the dance. And it was kind of disappointing to me because like I identified so much with Greek dance and um, a lot of my best friends, a lot of my friends just stopped dancing in like the eighth grade. And it was disappointing because, like I said, I identified so much with it. And I kind of wanted that with them, too, because it was so much fun. But it was still I still met a lot more people like Rania. I would have met on it. I mean, I would have met her, but um, probably not as close as we got. Um, other than that, it's, I mean, like I said, small Greece, like you go, you drive down the street, you see a old lady on the side of the street with a madili, you holler out the window. You're like, Fia, that's your pal Spiti, you know, like get in my car, I'm gonna take you home. Or like you go down to the Agora and you get your Paximadia and your Feta and your Didi. Um, the restaurants and stuff can get a little commercialized. They lose their authenticity a bit. Um, but for the most part, super duper Greek other than like downtown Tartan, but the sponge socks. Yeah. Everything's super Greek here. Part of the reason why I ask is, so my mom was born on the Island of Casos. My great Papu was in Kalimnos. He was originally born in Crete, 
was an orphan during the war, um, you know, all this stuff made his way to Kalimnos was a sponge diver, right? So for my mom, when she went to Tarpon, it was like weirdly depressing for her. Um, and she went, she didn't go during Epiphany, which I was like, well, I mean, if you, if there's nothing going on anywhere, it's going to be kind of depressing. But I think because it like flung her back, you know, like into Greece and it was just, you know, I think for different people, depending on when they come to the States, how they immigrate here, their experience, so on and so forth, it can be almost jarring to like see that like what you just said like yeah yeah, I was walking down the street or you know someone's walking down the street and you're like hey hop in my car I'll take you home you know what I mean that much of Greece in America I think was was really jarring to her you know I can see that um not that it's you know it's one person's experience I don't yeah I haven't surveyed everyone um but (laughs) you know um yeah but interesting it is um it is super interesting but it, what i do have to say is also that it's it's a little bit stuck in time if you will um not so much like if you go to greek town in new york city for instance where all the cafeterias are and you know the you hear talking greek talking mm-hmm. like between young people um it's not so much like that here there's like one cafeteria but it's centralized in you know, the sponge docks, it's, it's very much old school. It's like, it is, it's like, it, it, it can get very, to someone who might be from Greece, it can look very like, washed, um, out. washed out, Americanized. It can look like even a little tacky Greek, you know what I mean? Like, like like in my big fat Greek wedding with a with a call you know whatever like that's what I picture that's what comes well and then you have to put into you have to put into perspective that like we're in Florida tourism like it's very much what they want you know and not only that but it's I I think that um for them, they wanted very much like my big fat Greek wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were taken from their homeland. They moved here and wanted to have that attachment and you know wanted to display that Greekness. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very much like the blue and white and having the Greek flags and columns and everything everywhere. Like is them being proud of it. It's just it hasn't been redone. It's kind of part of, I think, Tarpon's history, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And when you go into the homes, like it, it, the, the, the culture and the, the ideologies are very like it, 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 it get, it's very Greek, very, um, very Kalimian Greek when you go into the Kalimian households. Um, cause I know Danya, <laughs> she would probably say that's not Greek, but <laughs> yeah. Correction. <laughs> so I'm curious, um, where are you now in your dance career? What, what, are you, what, what are you involved in right now? So we both co-teach um, the middle school, high school group mm-hmm. of, our, uh, of the St. Nicholas Dance Ministry. This past year, we've had, again, that fallout that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Big fallout. Um, the numbers weren't there, so we decided started off teaching, instructing the middle school group. Aranya had the high school group and then our numbers weren't there. We couldn't even put a performance together. So we were like, let's join and we merged them. So 
Yeah, and we have we typically have like co-instructors within each group, so it was like a massive, yeah. you know, merging. But um, but yeah, okay. unfortunately, what, <laughs> Fortunate, what fortunately re- and unfortunately, because actually, like I mean, sometimes it works out yeah. for the best. But you know, there's I, I feel like there's always this natural flow in dance where you lose dancers, you gain dancers, and it, I feel like some people get too hung up on that, whereas it really just, it needs to happen naturally. I mean, if people want to dance, they're going to dance. If they're not going to dance, they're not going to dance. When you force somebody to do it. Exactly. The results are never really good. In my my opinion. Um, So like, I always look at it from the standpoint, if, if people aren't coming around to dance, like, well, why? Yeah. Is life too crazy? Like, is this not the priority? Um, We're seeing, and I don't know how, how we could, I don't know if I can, because I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and you're, you're kind of uh, experienced similar issues. So I thought that I had pinpointed it, but maybe I'm not sure, sure anymore. Um, But I was thinking because these kids um, go to school together and they're in each other's lives almost every single day. Wow. Um, whereas in, like for me, I had to travel a half an hour to come to Lavabia and I, you know, would get so excited to see everybody because it was only once a week, you know, for that hour. And I would be so excited and would look forward to having workshops and, and having weekend trips or whatever it was. Um, but now it's, I for our group, that's what I have. Yeah you know, kind of made up a story to make myself feel better. Maybe (laughs) in my mind is that they see each other every single day and they're around it. I mean, they live, if not in Tarpon, close to Tarpon. So it's in their lives daily. Like we always have something going on. There's um, like New Year's Eve is always done by the Kalinian Society. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be a dance. Um, We're always going to have some kind of festival or um, like a restaurant's going to have a, a band playing. Yeah, exactly. And that happens quite often yeah. too. So, I mean, it's kind of in their backyards and back to what you were saying about, you know, Greeks and Greece, how, you know, granted. they almost have it. So it's not something that's. And it's know. funny that you mentioned that because we were right before we logged on, we were sitting across the room chatting and we were talking about why this um, disconnect is happening And I was like, you know, I think, I don't know if it's like priorities or what, but also I think that because like Rania said, it's in our backyard and in our everyday lives, we as Tarpon Springs Greeks, we sometimes take our culture and our heritage for granted. Um, Mm. It's especially growing up. um, Yeah, definitely, definitely can take it for granted. We also have... um I feel like almost like a big um, kind of uh, history to carry and uh, coming from what we feel is mm-hmm. a phenomenal dance group, you know, coming from the history of John Lulius and Lividia, um, yeah. and just hearing their stories and what they had done and, you know, how many workshops and things that they attended or they would put on. And it's kind of that weight that's being put on your shoulders, which is such a 
a great um, privilege, but at the same time, it can also be, you know, um, nerve wracking. Nerve wracking. Yeah, to say the least. Um, to be and, like to and have thinking yeah. and, and thinking also that you know that we don't have the numbers that mm-hmm. there should be in our dance group. You know, and and if you know kids start falling off, it's like oh oh my gosh, are we going to have a, a dance program next year? Or are we going to have to, you know, combine groups or what's going to happen? And and then you get to the frustrating part that it's like, oh, but it's like, yeah, do you know who, who you're dancing with? You know what I mean? It's like, ah. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a... Go ahead, Ev. No, no, you go. That's a huge... So we talk about this a lot on the podcast with a lot of directors, and we always get into this question of how do you, I mean, you can teach the dances all day long. You can teach the dances with, you know, masterful detail and all this stuff. But if you can't, if you can't find that spark, that thing that gets kids dancers any age really excited about dance then all the knowledge in the world just falls on deaf ears Mm -hmm. so we i i mean i ask this question a lot to directors how do you inspire your kids the way that you get inspired by dance like how when you hear that music and i love asking this question too like what's your favorite like what song comes on and you just no matter what you're doing your butt is shaking in the seat your feet are tapping and you're like get me to the nearest dance floor because i need to do this dance like how do you instill that into kids that to me is like a a teacher a director who can master that question mm-hmm. is untouchable like that to me is the most important thing. Knowing the steps, being able to teach them is important. Yes. But knowing how to like open a child's eyes to the potential and like this, what it feels like to just have like every tingling being in your body, just like, I don't even know what to say. I'm losing my words. But like, you know, like I just, for me, like it's that experience when it's like three in the morning, my body hurts and that like I've been dancing all night and I've been loving it. And then you'd think like I'd be exhausted, but no, another song comes on that. Oh, I love that even more. And somehow I'm dancing again or still dancing because I probably never stopped right but like how do you instill that into kids that to me is the question it is the question that's the question if you find an answer, <laughs> please let me know because <laughs> we're struggling here guys but that's so like for like recent experience like I took um a dance group from up here to their first ever dance competition in Florida um, the HDF competition in whatever it was, January. Yes. Yeah. Um, you guys were there, but not with a group, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, some of some of our, yeah. our uh, board went with board members. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Wait, that, was like, Kiki there? Kiki w- was not no, there. No, no. Okay. her nephew had just been <laughs> Okay, because yeah. I feel like if Ev, you didn't meet Kiki, she's absolutely hilarious like 
she is. She's she's the life of the party, like <laughs> literally. Yeah. And I'm like, how did I not meet her at HDF if she was there? Because I feel like she has she's like our friend. We have a friend in Albany, Kiki, who is also the life of the party and absolutely the funniest person you will meet. Yeah, and yes, your Kiki her reminds me is like contagious. It's to yeah. another level. Yeah. She's ridiculous in the best way. I mean, not in the best way. <laughs> she helps out so much, especially yes. with like the kids, like with so her with background. That merger, yeah. um, Kiki is also involved because yeah, she, she's mm-hmm. definitely, she's amazing with kids. Um, obviously her, her humor, um, just engaging them and like playing around with them, like making jokes and things like that, that to their level, you know, if they're inside jokes, she's always, you know, on the inside. Yeah. Of <laughs> um, but yeah, she, yeah. she engages them to another level, which is she's a key component. Going back to Evan, what you were saying is that that's what I think is key, key, um, probably various different steps are to building that. Um, I think that kids need to experience different levels of dancing, um, different experiences as far as them going to workshops, going to competitions, going to trips all together. Um, and especially if you have the right group of people where they can connect with somebody um, or meet somebody on the trips. And I think that's our biggest goal um, is to just have them experience workshops because that's when the fellowship actually happens. Um, and there's time for fellowship because you're you're gonna be with somebody, um, with a group of people for at least, you know, three to four hours. And that's the time that, you know, somebody can turn next to you or if they get mixed in line, you're kind of forced to open up and, and introduce, you know, yourself. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite memories is going, to Greece with Lebedia. So that's like our ultimate, I think, goal would be to, to finally take them on a trip like that. And just having these different avenues, taking them anywhere in the US that we can find to do workshops. Um, and that's feasible, obviously. Um, going to different competitions and then, you know, eventually going back to the homeland, if you will, and, and seeing how it's you know, uh, traditionally done from the original villages, from, you know, the Yayadas and Bapudas there, you know, just being able to to see that themselves, it's not something that I can tell you. And as much as I can tell you, and as much as of a great storyteller that I may be, it, you're not going to be able to feel what I'm feeling when I hear that, whatever whatever it is that you know that produces that feeling for you um i can't express it in such a way that you will be able to understand so i think that once that epiphany um sparks for those um that's when you've hit your your ultimate goal and and it happens i mean we we do have Exactly. We do have a couple of, of kids in our dance group and it's so exciting because you feed off of their energy because they're so wanting to be there and, and every workshop and every, every, you know, instructor that we may bring in like Joe or John Puppis and um, just coming in and, and they get so excited and they're like, yes, you know, can yeah. we, when are we going to have the next one? When can we do it? And, and that's just so exciting for us. I think that's what keeps us going as instructors is, is just seeing that joy. 
and passing that on. <laughs> I think that's so important. And I think like the history that your group has, the kids make in a way, and, and I don't know them a whole lot, but like take that for a, like for granted, you know what I mean? Because it's what they grew up with. It's what they're like native to. And so many other groups long for that history. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that those groups are kind of dying out. So the fact that you guys are continuing that is so important. Like if you look at gaffes up in New York, they had such an amazing history. They, they still do, but, and Ev, you can disagree with me here because you yeah. dance with them, but like, there wasn't necessarily like a succession plan. They didn't have like a plan for when teachers retired or in the case of gaffes, when their head teacher like passed away. Right. So the fact that you guys are continuing what people have done, like, and giants and in dance have done before you is, is so huge. Um, it's not an easy feat. So you're, if your kids are listening to this, um, thank your teacher. We're going to play it for them, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, thank you, sit teacher. down and shut up. <laughs> right. Even if they're yelling at you, thank your teachers. <laughs> it's funny because, like, everybody responds to different things. So I'm, right now I'm doing private lessons with a couple that's getting married in Greece in July. They, oh, so exciting. The, the girl is Greek but has never learned Greek dance. Um, and the guy is... Xeni. Um, so he knows nothing. Um, but like, as I'm teaching them and we're starting with Sirto and Balos and building off of that because Sirtos, I mean, the foundational step is just embedded in so many dances. And if you can do that, it just rolls in, but whatever. As I'm teaching them, I'm telling them all these little things, like why you hold your hand the way you do, why the woman puts her index finger to her thumb. It's not just some like haphazard, oh, you know, this looks fun. No, like you're holding a sewing needle. That's where it comes from. You're symbolically sewing. You're telling the story that the woman, you know, would be the one that takes care of the household, that takes care of the family, that provides all of the clothing and all these, you know, like, so just the slightest little gesture and how you're dancing has such huge meaning and significance. And, you know, and I was explaining why the men hold their hands the way they do, or, you know, when you're dancing a balos, why the man treats the woman the way he does and what that signifies in your relationship and all. And they're like, so it's not just about her, you know, getting turned and like, no, like there's a purpose behind all of it. And like, when you break that down, like their jaws are just dropping. Like, I never knew it was like that important. And so it's like, I feel like different age, age groups respond differently to that information. They were older, so they appreciated all those minutia detail. Whereas middle schoolers are going to be like, yeah, like that's, what's a sewing needle? That's <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times I go on, on rants, and especially when we first, this is my, my first year teaching such a young group. Um, I was usually in the high school college, like I would instruct the high school college group. So there's a, 
a level of, um, you know, maturity that comes with that. But I would go into tangents and I would go into like um, for a short while we did the Balakia and I would go and, and tell them the history and, and you know, why they dance the way they dance and, and all that. And, uh, <laughs> and you would see and then Maria, one of our other instructors, was go this she went down and she'd be like, all right, like cut it. You're losing them. <laughs> They're falling asleep. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, you're on it. <laughs> it's, it's tough because I feel like those are important things to learn. And you know, it just it case in point, when you go to some one of these conferences and you see kids getting into the circle, either A in a very rude and inappropriate way, which is a whole other conversation. But like, you know, you get, you see a kid that gets in a circle and both their hands are up like this. And you're like, what do you want me to do with that? Like we have a handhold left over right. It doesn't change ever do it. Like, yeah, there's a reason too. <laughs> so it's like, <sighs> that drives me nuts, especially when like, adults do that the wrong way. <sighs> I yeah. just, I don't know what to do. I get awkward turtle. I, I move their arm, like oh, auto, automatically, like they're holding it like this. Oh, and I'm like, like, no, like, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, try yeah. to switch it back. And I'm, I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> right. There are some people who are like, it happened at the Apocrias party that we were at in Fort Lauderdale. And I was like, my friend, <laughs> I'm moving it. I was like, okay. You got two options here. Either hold my hand the right way or get out. Yeah. <laughs> Go home. No, I'm just kidding. But dance is inclusive. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So much to say. Like, there's so many things as you're speaking that are popping in my in my brain, <laughs> like light bulbs. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And then, and then I come down. I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> John, I mean, you can cut me yeah, off anytime you want because I can talk and talk and talk. Yes, like I was telling Mika before we even started um, talking to you guys, I'm like, I, I feel like I've talked so much already, already before yeah. we've even begun. I'm like, I just have so much to say. And then at the same time, I want to just listen and, and observe and, you know. So great. Well, we're here to we're here to listen to what you have to say. So, if you hear if there's stuff that you want to say, yes, it's it's nice know. to have um, a conversation. Just kind of, <laughs> and I are always kind of on the same page. So you know, we, we share wavelengths. <laughs> we had an argument. I'm, I'm curious what opinions we have here. Um, I know where I stand on this, but we had an argument at dance on Sunday where this one girl says, I know the rule is left in front or right when you're in a shoulder hold, but if the person is super tall that you're next to, you can hold the opposite way. It becomes okay. And I just looked at her like, so I'm curious. We all just looked at her like, how does that make it any more comfortable? A, no. B, no, no, I'm it's left over right. Really mean. That's like, um, oh, this is so mean. <laughs> or I might, I might just leave it. That's like the mayor of Los Angeles being like, I held my breath when I took a picture when everybody else had to have their mask. <laughs> that's, that's making up a rule. That's that's baloney. It's BS. That's not how that works. Yes, right. Exactly. Exactly. 
I don't care how, how you held your breath. It doesn't work that way, my friend. So same thing with the arms. I would veto that. I don't agree with that. No, and And nobody, nobody agreed with it. We were all like, when I, when, when, when they, when they, I just, I'm just like, use your brain. It's just take a little step back and make some room for you to. Well, you know, brain, brain doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't say that um, because, because when we're, we're, we're at dance and we have, you know, height differences and especially um, we, we participate in the adult group that Maria Kushkuti teaches and, and there's so many variants of height. Like, I mean, it, it's crazy. And um, a, a few people will be like, I'm, I'm just going to hold your hands because, you know, our height differences. And I'm like, actually, you can make it work. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can actually, even if you're standing next to a really short person or a really tall person, you can make this work. But, um, and then they look at me like, oh, <laughs> I just really want to hold it. It just so hurts. That's okay. It hurts so it bad. Hurts. <laughs> if it hurts, you're not doing it right. You're not holding right. your weight and you're not. Yeah. Like it, it shouldn't. Okay. Yes. You can get tired over time. If you're doing this for like 15 minute long dance. Yes. But if you do it correctly, this is, a, I mean, a shoulder hold to me is actually the most comfortable of all the holds because mm-hmm. you're, you're supporting each other. Yeah. yeah. Like, the shoulder hurt, the agazé to me are like. Oh, agazé is like, let's take a nap. Like, <laughs> like, like, yes, exactly. <laughs> you feel the other person, like you're there, like, especially, you know, you feel secure um, in your dancing and, and, it's it's that um, level of you know feeling the person next to you like their energy exactly like moving through your body like feeding off of that that's an activity i love to do with my kids actually i mean i feel like the younger the better Mm -hmm. um but putting them in different handholds and then having them close their eyes and then moving the circle around and I always purposely try to trip them up or I, you know, throw little snags in there. And it's always, it's always like mind blowing to them that they respond better with their eyes closed and they're more in sync with each other with their eyes closed than when I let them do the same thing with their eyes open. With their eyes open, they see what's coming. They fall apart before it even happens. And it's like chaos. Yeah but their eyes closed and they're really paying attention to their senses. They're paying attention to that connection with the people next to them through touch. And it just, it's like, this is the lesson that I want you to learn Mm -hmm. that dance is not about seeing where you're going. Mm -hmm. It's about feeling where you're going. It's about feeling through the music. It's feeling through the other people on the dance floor, feeling the vibrations around you. It's, it's all of those other senses. Yeah. Absolutely. And we but, we say that during dance too, you know, like I, I dance different with Miguel than I would dance with somebody else that I may have just met or whatever. But with Miguel, we've danced together for such a long time that I can predict his movements. And, you know, I know where he's going. I know how, you know, his next position and it's mm-hmm. just so careless mm-hmm. in, in dancing that, you know, it just... 
it's it it's a chemistry that you don't exactly it happens so organically it's it's a chemistry that you don't you can't explain again going back to what we were discussing before it's just um something that you feel mm -hmm. yeah and i think you you it's not that you can't feel that when you're younger but i, I think you don't um understand your body and like yeah you're that's... not in touch with that yeah yeah and it's also so much about like what's the person next to me thinking and does he think that i'm cool doing this mm -hmm. or like should i take <laughs> you know so that's why i flick my hair right, <laughs> exactly exactly oh my gosh we have so much um, and it's crazy because you know we see it in our group that like if somebody doesn't show up to dance we see a completely different dynamic yeah oh it's crazy just to, yeah. to watch that you know like, i yeah. knew you could do it i knew you could dance <laughs> yes oh, it's, I feel... it's... go ahead go no, no no you go i was just gonna say like i you couldn't pay me to be a teenager anymore or again <laughs> you know what i mean um but imagine how like social media and all this stuff has has made it even worse like back in the day that happened like you know if, if the whoever the cool boy was didn't show up like it the girls were like way chiller, but imagine now with like the ticky tacky and Instagram mm -hmm. and all Snapchat and all these crazy things, oh, yes. how that has impacted like just the pureness of dance, you know? Yeah. Like if you're Snapchat yeah. people in between when you're taking breaks, like, oh my God, I can't. Handle it. What you found out? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You're Snapchatting about dance. Yeah, right. Like, then I'm I'm okay with it. You know, like tell your friends to come. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I have a two-part question for you. A, I want to know what dances regions you're focusing on right now with your students. B, I want to know what region dances you go absolutely bonkers for what gets your heart going the most and i'm not going to take all of them for an answer <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> okay so for, for part a right now right now so we're preparing for a performance for this friday um tarpon springs is becoming a sister city with amaliada and the Peloponnese. Um, so they contacted us asking us to perform a few dances from the Peloponnesos. Um, so we threw together like a quick three, like three song set. Um, it's, I think, Tsakonikos we're doing, we're doing a, like a Sirto Kalamateno. And then there's this other dance, Tocastro um, Tisorias, that we're doing. Um, so that's what we're working on now. The kids are liking anything. They, I mean, they do it. <laughs> um, part B, um, obviously, what comes naturally and what comes organically to me is Kalimnos. Um, my whole dad's side, super duper, like, super traditional family from Kalimnos. Um, my papu and all of his brothers were sponge divers. Um, I go to Kalimnos and it's like, there's a, a panigiri waiting for me at home. Um, we're all sitting around the table singing and dancing and eating and drinking. Um, and then my mom's side, again, my, her, her grandmother 
was a shepherd's girl from the mountains in Calimnos. Um, so she grew up dancing tzabuna, to the tzabuna in the Jorafia. And my, my papu Nikita, he was playing tzabuna in the, in the house. Um, but the one dance that does get me up every time, something about dancing an iso susta with my family, like my mom next to me, my little sister coming up to dance next to me. It's like, you, it's a set, there's a sense of pride there because it's like, this is the Cambaracus family's time. And we're going to show you what we are made of, I guess. And, um, it's nice. Cause you see like my little sister, she's six years younger than me and she learned her susta from me. Um, I taught her figuris and it's, it was, it's really cool to see her like blossom into this like Kalimian woman, you know, she's 18 now. And like, <laughs> it's great. And then my mom's badass like her susta is crazy i attest to that yeah so yeah you so susta what's, got what's your okay 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 yeah. okay got it yeah i love everything also like yeah i can't pick a favorite is there something you hate is there something that just like you hear it and you're like no i'm good i don't want to do that we're gonna kill me for this but i um <laughs> I'm not, I like it. It's fun, but I get tired and it's, it's a lot for me. Um, okay. that kind of stuff. Zakynthos. It's, it's a lot for me, but that's, yeah, I'll do it still. I'll, like, dance it I love I'll it. let them know. I'm going to call, right. <laughs> call up the islands. Right. We have a, we have a defector here. Just like oh <laughs> um, next, <laughs> roses and thorns. I know it's terrible. Um, so I I say that I'm blessed and cursed at the same time because um, so I didn't grow up with dancing like Miguel did, which is incredible. You know, with within your family type of you know, having, living and breathing it and having those traditions um, embedded in you in that aspect. Um, and because I, I grew up in Athens for my first part of my childhood, um, it is, I, I, the reason why I say I'm blessed and cursed is because blessed, because I feel like I can appreciate all the regions and love them and appreciate them equally. Um, but cursed at the same time, because there isn't one region that I can say that I belong to or, you know, that that has that really cool aspect. Like Miguel was just saying about like just, you know, dancing with your papu or your, your great, you know, papu and um, and having the tabuna there and just um, just watching that happen in front of you in your kitchen, you know, just creating those memories, which is you know, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. But I have this vision of this city girl staring out her window <laughs> on the mountains. <laughs> like, if only. If only. I do. Oh my gosh. When I went to Greece, what I was telling you last time, um, in, in, um, when I was 17 by myself, um, I did like this island hop. So, I went to, to Kriti and then I went to um, Garbatho and I went to Rodo and went to Ikaria. And to me, that was like, oh my God. Like I want to live 
everywhere. Like, you know, we went, we went to Carpatho and just uh, listening to the music and going to Oribo and just watching the, you know, the, the women make the costumes and embracing that. And then Rodo, obviously the same thing in, the, in their music and their festivals that we have. And then we went to Icaria. Um, the Capadagusto, the Spanayas, and you see oh, that. Really it got you to go run forever. And I'm like, I'm in heaven. Okay, I'm, I'm done. I picked my face. I went <laughs> it's here. No, it's here. No, I'm going to live here. Like for, for the longest time I've had people, you know, when obviously not Colombians because the Colombians here know that I'm not from Calumnos, but like when we went with the Lividia group, um, uh, to Calumno, they were, they were asking me where I was from, you know, like, are you from, from Galimna? No. Are you from Kriti? No. Are you from, like, they were trying to guess where I was from because I love how you dance, you know? And I was like, oh, thank you so much. No, I'm not, I'm not that good, but thank you so much. And it, it was just so funny, like, just watching them. But so many people come up to me and they ask, I, I don't really know why, but they ask me if I'm from Kriti, maybe just because I, yeah, I listen to that. <laughs> but um but yeah so that's that's probably i was trying to avoid that <laughs> yeah we we went in circles I, I, like, no, I had to do it you have to do it yeah, but it's easy <laughs> so i actually i actually absolutely love anisio that too like i especially with a tabuna mm-hmm. and I might not dance it, but watching them dance it is another level. I mean, just like we're, we're sitting at the house here in Tarpon. And, and when I walked in, I went straight to the backyard because it's, it's an outdoor type of like, it reminds you of Greece. There's like trees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over, you know, looking the the apple and the, the courtyard in the back and just the, the gladia, the dances that we've had back mm-hmm. here and the musicians that have come and just so chill. Like you're at a banigiri, it's not formal, it's not a formal dance, it's not like um, you know, so structured and you see like the older people, the older generation get up and dance and and um you know which other one I like? Um, oh, there's so many that I like. I can't even. You've been also. Even, <laughs> you've been really into like Mikrasiatika lately. Oh my god, I love Mikrasiatika. Like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. There's so many. I can't. I can't choose. So my. So my mm-hmm. dad's. My dad's mom is uh from Zmirni. So I I feel like I'm like holding on to that. Like there's a little bit of that in me. There's like this tiny little aspect of it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, maybe I can hold on to that. But um I love Mikrasiatika. Like I mean I love a good um even um our favorite performance that we've ever done was far Cappadocia. Cappadocia that was that was incredible and like we still do it like i mean i love we- that because you go into this headspace too and it's kind of just like you're channeling your inner cappadocian even more so than you do with any other region 
Yeah. It puts you in a different, in a different mindset. It's totally just those like, dances tell such incredible stories. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's just, like, it's so deep. Mm-hmm. We did, we did a performance here at our, at our hall and um, we turned off the lights for the, for the one dance that uh, we were holding oh, candles yeah. for. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's just so mesmerizing. And like you said, it takes you, it transports you like mm-hmm. right away. And for somebody that doesn't know what's happening mm-hmm. and listening even to the, the music, um, you know, we had, we had a lot of people go in and say, ah, you know, they're doing Turkish, Turkish. They're, they're speaking, you know, whatever. And they got really yes. offended. They got really offended. And yes. uh, we actually, and had, that's when they need a lesson on history. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we actually had our, our uh, priest at the time uh, narrate kind of like a, a story before, before we began, mm-hmm. I guess that, you know, those people weren't paying attention uh, during that, but uh, we do left like during our, our performances, we try to pull in the history for the people that don't know it um, just to, to educate we them to understand, but Gonya is, but, um, yeah, oh, yeah. Gonya is probably one of my, up, up there, along with, along with Anisius. Lost with the, along with the top and, 100. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's can, okay. If you tell me, if you tell me right now and like a song will go on, Maria, you, you saw this happening like at Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, we have, to, we have to do this right now. Wait, Oh my God, one more dance. Like everybody from our group had left. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait we can, we can do one more. Just one more. Evie would have been to- so proud. I, they taught, um, Elenitsa Corieleni. Oh, you did it? That, well, they taught it. And I was like, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I hate this thing. I'm going to do it. Um, but like, I didn't, I mean, it must've been the music that he played too. Cause the rhythm was so there that I was like, oh. I got this syncopation. Yeah, yeah. Is my, I hate that dance. I have yeah. said it on plenty of episodes. I just, but if I have good music with it, I'm fine. And like syncopation doesn't usually like log jam me like that dance does, but hot dickens. Um, but yeah, he taught it. And I was just like, oh God. Having, and having live music is makes such a huge huge difference like you feel like you were saying like even the beat of the drum is like yeah. oh, or like the zurna you know coming out and it's like oh my god like when we were watching the HDF performances and those adult groups were coming I was literally at the edge of my seat and I'm like oh my god I was fan yeah, yeah. like all the way I was like oh <laughs> like this yeah. can't get any better like this is so good you know and it's so awesome just like appreciating it and watching it but at the same time like I can only imagine being on that stage with just you and the musician like nothing else matters you know just like having that connection and it's like <sighs> There's a mm-hmm. beat right now. I mm-hmm. feel it through my feet. Like a, a, it's traveling throughout my whole body. It's such a different sensation. I can't even. That connection is everything. Cause I, I mean, we've all danced with bands where it's just like, eh, okay. But when you connect and the musicians are like feeling your movement and you're feeling their oh, sounds yeah. and the two like come together. Yeah. But it's funny because, like, Gabadogia people misunderstand 
the dances and what they mean and the language and all that. We did um, the first time we ever did Mikanikos, we had immediately after the performance, we had people come up and be like, how dare you insult the crippled people? That was so offensive. I was literally... I was literally just listening to that episode today on the way to my conversation. It was so, I was like, yeah. They were so mad. Yeah. We had to like record a whole disclaimer for our next show because we're like, let's tell you what this dance really signifies because it's actually more uplifting than it is. uh, It's not intended to insult anybody. No. And Um, also when, when you first did that, Lest you forget, oh <laughs> Evans Nuna saw him like you know fall right with the with the cane, and he comes like running up. It wasn't a stage; it was like in New York. You we performed on the, right on the parking lot, you know. So he comes like running out to the dance floor, and <laughs> Evans' godbrother, you know, obviously his son is like, Daddy, it's okay. It's part of the show." <laughs> They're trying to get me water. They were like, oh, no, he passed out. Uh, that's yeah, that was a whole. You know what? I was really good, too. I'm just going to keep on naming throughout. I honestly, I wish, and I feel like we need to talk to the guys from Embassy about this. Like, we... In Patty's episode, I think it was episode the second part of his episode, um, we talked about like uh, Greek band camp. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like what we also need to do is like go into the woods with bathrooms. That's like my only stipulation. Like I don't do tents. So we got to figure out a place in the woods that has bathrooms, which I think we can find and bring embassy and maybe like one or two other like chill bands or musicians and just have a weekend of dancing. Like we did that up in New York, like just outside of Northern New Jersey, there is, it's literally in the woods. Um, The Pondo Society celebrates like up there. And I mean, we're talking like woods, woods, like there is nothing there Mm. except for this tiny church a little house where the priest or whomever lives um, and just dancing all weekend long. Like it was, um, I mean, we were probably like 45 minutes from like a hotel and like civilization. I think there was like a dairy queen up the street, but that was it. Um, (laughs) But it was like the best because you're literally in the woods. There's nobody telling you to be quiet. Nobody worry about. (laughs) Yes. You're like, in your sneakers and your jeans and, and whatever it's cold. So you're not like crazy sweating because you're in the woods, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was, it was just the best weekend. We need to do that. Yeah. yeah. For, sure. for sure. Yeah. 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 We're, well, let's plan it. Like okay. we, we'll do it. For sure. Are there woods in Florida? Can we do it somewhere in Florida? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everglades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Northern. I mean, like Kiki, she'll tell you, she's like, I go to the woods all the time. That's right. Oh yeah, there's plenty. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely plenty of places. We'll just have to, we'll just have to hone in something. But like, yeah, I mean, oh my gosh. And and we're so, we're so lucky in that aspect too, that we get um, like Patty and um, Michael Capas comes uh, quite often, not mm-hmm. obviously not with with COVID coming. I mean, having been, it feels yeah. it feels like forever. But um, 
Patty and Michal, we have them in our backyards. Like um, we have the Karidanakia that play um, uh, Kalimi in here with their, their mm-hmm. you know, live band. And um, Ziya, whenever, oh my gosh, our, our 40th um, uh, annual, annual dance. dance. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was, that was, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. That Ziya came and we pieced that. I haven't heard Ziya in so many years. I they oh, They're incredible. They are so incredible and they're just such cool people. Like yes. good to talk to, mm-hmm. just good for the soul. Yeah. You just, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, but oh. it's, it's nice. We, we're so lucky that we're, we're part of this community that we have access to all that. And um, going back to like, not appreciating, you know, what we have is it's, I am so beyond grateful for what, um, you know, that our community has opened up for me um, and just getting to know, like Miguel said before, if I would see you, I'd see you, but like, we would never have this connection without dance. Like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have met, you know, most of my best friends. If I, if, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't come, I didn't make this move to join um, the dance group. And it's just, it's, you know, I, I get emotional because of it, but like, it's, it's such an amazing, amazing feeling. And I just wish that, um, you know, I could share it with everybody. That's, that's kind of my, my goal, you know, just to teach it and and share it and pass it on and whoever would like to, to come along for the ride and, and meet, you know, more great people and, and connect that way then then that's great because it's just, it's just a never ending gift. Mm-hmm. Yes. You just, you stole my, my next question. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> my next question. I was going to ask you if you could name your biggest goal or aspiration with your dance, what would it be? You jumped the gun. Yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. And definitely, I mean, I'm not, I'm not yelling at you by any means. No, no, no. I mean, definitely, like I mentioned before, um, you know, if if we can have more, like we're, we're planning, we're trying to plan now um, to have more winter dance conferences and like more trips and things like that and, and have it more diverse as far as in like... Um, um, I was listening to uh, to Patty's uh, podcast that you guys did together, and um, we were actually talking about it with our with our board before. Like we were having the same conversation. It's crazy how that happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were saying that you know that it doesn't. I just see that a lot of um, things that we do, like uh, creating costumes, like that art is falling. Like there's, yeah. you know the our generation and younger doesn't really know how to do that. Um, and if, if there are people that do do it, which there are, um, it's not, it's not being advertised for lack of better words, I guess. Um, and, and like clicking and, um, you know, playing instruments. It's just like we were saying, we have it in our backyards, but like nobody in our direct, um, you know, group knows how to play an instrument or like can pick up an instrument and play. Mm-hmm. Um, our our best friend Nicola, he he moved away to Georgia, so he was the only one that could just pick up an instrument and just you know. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, instrument uh, on another level. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's how traditions culture dies is when absolutely we cherish and it and hold on to it so much that we don't share it. You know, I mean, it's great that we love it. It's great that we've learned so much and that we have so much knowledge. But the moment we sit here and hoard it and say, well, no, I'm not. That's my dance. I, I teach that dance to my students. You can't have that. Excuse me? Wait, mm-hmm. you own that dance. Wait, yeah. hold on. Let me. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> We were literally just saying this. Yeah. None of this belongs to us. This is, we have it today because the people who came before us Mm -hmm. were generous with their knowledge and shared and passed it down. So the moment anybody, I mean, this to me is like number one turnoff to somebody is if you begin to say, oh, that's my music recording, that's my, that's my studies, that's my, like, Oh, I mean, I respect people who teach dance as a profession and I respect what they've done, the the time that they put into it. And I and there is a monetary value to that. And those people are beyond willing and ready to help and teach and learn and to offer their services. So these comments are not by any means directed at those individuals, but it's like you get some of these other like more like I don't know what word I want to use so I'm not too offensive well, I'm <laughs> these saying, other programs I'm yeah. <laughs> but like these programs that aren't necessarily connected to this greater dance community that feel like the moment they strike gold and get this set of dances it's like ooh, these are ours we're going to mm-hmm. coin them as our signature dances that nobody else does and oh, newsflash yeah. everybody else does them because <laughs> you are not the first you will not be the last mm-hmm. it's not you yours you shouldn't want to be the last exactly that's that's just blasphemy right there so yeah off off the record just to like go on a, on a <laughs> okay <laughs> well we're not a very inclusive you know culture mm-hmm. um especially when it comes to to things like this like i mean you like this is my my probably number one complaint that i have with like hdf for instance um it's such an amazing thing to attend because you are working so hard to master quote unquote, like certain sets and suites and, and you get to really um, hone in and do so much research. And that, that kind of allows you to, because if you're, if you're not doing it for an assignment, you're, you're not going to do it, you know, like it, it forces you to do so much research and so much back work, which is fantastic. But at the end of the day, when you go to the Gledia that have, you know, they have incredible musicians that they most of the time bring from Greece or wherever they're from. And you go to these Gledia and like everybody has their own circle. It's like all the dance groups are in a circle and they're all forming their own circle. And like you, you do not bond. You do not, you know, engage in fellowship. It's just something that is so frustrating because it's once a year that you attend, if you get the chance to attend because it's so expensive, 
you know, and you're so fortunate that you can bring a dance group to do this. And it's like, you go there and it's so competitive and it's so not friendly and everybody's in their zone. And, and I totally get it because it's so stressful, you know, everybody's going to be in their own zone and their own dance group and, and whatever. But at the end of the night, you know, we're all there to share our common love for dance. And mm-hmm. when you can't do that and when it's so exclusive, you know, like you're just not, it's not enjoyable for me. And, and, you know, you, you go after and you're, you get so excited to, to watch the instructors dance because they're the, what, not the instructors, I'm sorry, the, the judges, because they've been judging you, you know, and how you're doing and, and they're considered the experts. And, and that's again, quote unquote, the experts of whatever, you know, dance or region. And, um, and to me, it's like, I just want to sit down and, or even be next to them in line and say, oh my God, I've got to dance next to Jeff. Oh my God, I've got to dance next to, you know, whoever it is. And, it, and, and, and uh, you know, Christo and, and all these incredible instructors. And you, you don't see that because you see them sitting down because they're frustrated or, you know, like nobody's giving them the dance floor and they have to dance on the carpet. And, and it's like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, and I, 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 this, I think this actually needs to be in the podcast because <laughs> uh-huh. it pairs no. well with our other episode that we will be dropping soon. <laughs> yeah. But this is, um, this is, uh, it needs to be discussed so much. And before I took the dance group that I was with at the time, um, I had a lengthy conversation with the kids and I said, listen, when you go to Glendy, I get you want to have a good time. You want to do your thing, but you need to understand the immense opportunity being presented to you at the Glendy because you dance with each other all year round. If you think that going to this Glendy and staying attached to each other's hips and dancing in your own circle is going to be the best thing, you're going to sorely miss out. I said, you're going to have directors of other programs there with immense knowledge. You're going to have the judges, the ones who are telling you what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right are going to be there dancing. This is your prime opportunity to find those people in the circle and get in their line. I don't care if you're at the end of their line or if you somehow manage to get up close to the front with them. Whatever you do, be respectful of their knowledge, their commitment to dance, their experience, and see the opportunity to dance with some of the greatest dancers of our time. Thank you. And I said, if nothing else, when that Zuno Radico comes on, you get your ass out of the way. You get into the line with the one line, because there should only be one line on that dance floor. You get into that line with the masters and you experience what a true zonarico, culuriasto, whatever it turns into, because that you will never experience anything like that in our little dance practice. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Zonarico came on. Me, a, a couple other directors, the judges were trying to get a circle going, and the kids kept bumping into us and push, and I was screaming at them. You're like, and we eventually took our circle off the carpet. We moved tables on the side, made our own low dance where I'm like, 
And then the kids came up to me afterwards, like, did you see that? I'm like, yeah, don't you, even yeah. come close yeah. to me right now because I'm going to not. <laughs> like, and it's frustrating like, because, like, from an outsider perspective, when you don't see what's happening, you, you didn't see that or witness or you're not behind the scenes knowing that that conversation is occurring. And you're seeing, like, a, a, one of the nights, I think it was the second night, um, some of the judges were were behind that barricade, whatever. And it's like, That's you're watching I was. that. <laughs> and it's like... Yep. Oh my God. Like now you're, you're just like, like, this is not a connection anymore. This is not yeah. everything that Dan should not be is what's happening right now. And that's, that's so frustrating to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, every, every, um, we always say that like there needs to be a dance etiquette class, <laughs> you know, and, and perhaps it should be something that HDF should instill or whatever, uh, because all the um, all the workshops that we've attended and we've attended a lot of workshops and even the workshops that we host here, we're all one line. Like even in Fort Lauderdale when we went, mm-hmm. like it was so beautiful just to watch that when we went to Canada um, and Montreal. Oh my mm-hmm. God, their, their workshops were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And yes, their yes, line yes. wrapped around that ginormous dance floor like twice. It was it was incredible, but nobody broke it off. Nobody mm-hmm. was like, I'm better than you, you know, I'm gonna sort my own line and I'm gonna do this. It's it's such an incredible feeling. And and that gives you, and you're just a little, a little, you know, piece to that mm-hmm. huge puzzle, and you're watching just the most amazing dancers lead and it's it gives you goosebumps it's such a surreal feeling to to be able to witness that and be like i'm here right now like oh my god and that's (laughs) i think too like i think it's tough because i think when you're young when you're like a teenager and you're going to like goya parties and stuff like that it's a totally different type of Greek dance experience. You know what I mean? So like, I think a lot of this instruction rests on the teachers, but I don't think you can really learn it until you experience it, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I also think, you know, it, and, and it is, I'm not saying like, don't talk to the kids about it. I think that's important, but I also think too, like, there, I think there's a, a, a paradigm shift in Greek dance instruction. I think we saw it in Hollywood or Fort Lauderdale a few weekends ago that like people were right away asking questions like, and I don't know who was asking the question, so I'm not making fun of him, but like, where should my foot be? It was almost like the, the question was like planted, you know what I mean? And, and Mitsu and Jordan said the same exact thing, different, different situation, probably the same person asked the same question with the two different teachers, they were like, what feels natural to you? Like, and the person was like, I don't know, how am I supposed to do it? And they were like, no, you're in nicer words. They were like, you're missing the point. What feels natural to you? And they both made such an important point that we have to get away from this rigidity and like militant teaching style that, you know, must be this way, must be this way. There are times when that's important. They both commented on that, like competition, you know, depending on how you're structuring your set that comes into play, but we have to get more. We have to swing to the other side of this natural 
nature of dancing when we're dancing, you know, at parties and stuff like that. And, and I think, I think workshops are important to deliver that. I also think too, like, it's so conflicting. Like when you're at the club, when you're, you know, at a Goya dance, I'm sure it's like a zoo as it was for us when we were younger too. Mm-hmm. HDF is a little bit of a different scenario for people. And like, us who are really involved in this as instructors or, or whatever are like yearning for that connection. And the, the kids who are on the fringe and not yet there are just like, Oh, I'm on a party. Like I'm going to impress this girl, this guy. And I, I get that. Yeah. Um, I totally get that. And so much for bringing that up because it was like in my, my mind to discuss as well, but it's so crazy to to see that shift and i was so happy that they brought that and they made such a a a major point to discuss that that it shouldn't it should be a freestyle and we we were it was almost like you know how your whole life you're you're taught in standardized for standardized tests and you're like you know just you need to to write a certain way so you can pass this test and like just this structure and form and this is what like is embedded in your mind and then all of a sudden you go to college and it's like boom it's like a completely different level and that that is exactly the feeling that I got that weekend I was like oh my god we made the shift wow like this is incredible this is amazing because instead of teaching to competition, we're teaching to enjoy dancing mm-hmm. and what it's actually feeling in the Panigiria, in the Horya of, of the villages, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in the villages. Um, and, yeah. uh, and that's a surreal feeling because when you go back in your, your, your memories and you dig through and you're, and even talking to to people and again, you know, older generations and things like that, they're not going to tell you my best memory. Like whenever we ask uh, John Lulius and um, Maria Cuscuti and, and, you know, the original George and uh, the original Lulavitia members, you know, what your favorite memory was from back they have never said competition, but in fact, they barely went to, comp- you know, they went to FDF and that's not even a, a thing in their book. You know, it's, it's such a minor little, um, you know, oh yeah, we did that too. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever, let's bypass that. Oops. And they talk about everything else, but it's like, it, it is those experiences and going and meeting all these people and, and just their, their sparkle in their eyes when they, when they talk about, mm-hmm. you know, who they've met and, and then you're listening to it and you're like, Oh my God, what? Like, I want to wow, do that. I wanna, yes. Can we do mm-hmm. this? And, and That's exactly it. It's so awesome just to, to, to see that shift happening. Um, because it, it is so important. It shouldn't just be one aspect. And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that competition isn't, whatever um, isn't important or we should just mm-hmm. not do it or, or get away from it. I'm, I'm saying that we should emphasize on other things as well that, well, that need us, you know. Groups that strictly focus on competition to me are doing a, a, a huge disservice to their students. Yeah. And it's for the simple reason that you see it time after time at the Glendy after the competition, the kids get up, to dance to live music all these awesome musicians that are coming together on the stage 
and they're basically performing their competition set. Yeah. And then when their competition set is over, they either go sit down and do whatever, or they attempt to do their competition set to other songs that aren't their songs, but hey, the beat sounds like it. That might be art. Wait, let me try it. And you're like, no, honey. Yeah. So that's honestly... I, there is a lot of value to competition, but a dance program that does dance competition only and does not round it out with actually teaching their kids what dance is and how to do it. Um, we had a conversation on a podcast where we said that every instructor should introduce their students to at least three recordings of a dance. If all your kids ever do is do that one dance that you taught them with this one recording from the the mountain goat of you know eastern greece that's all they know they don't know what the donkeys sound like singing it you know like so it's like like shrek that's they sound like shrek yeah, exactly, shrek's yeah. friend right the donkey <laughs> the donkey um you know it's those little things yeah so i feel like <laughs> I have kind of a final question. I don't know. Ev, do you have a final question? Okay. Cool. So my final question is if you could give one piece of advice to, because you guys are our younger instructors, you know what I mean? Like if we were to do like an age range of the guests that we've had on the show, I feel like you all would fall towards the younger side of the instructor team. You know what I mean? Um, if you were to give one piece of advice to a fellow instructor, director, something like that, what would be like the biggest advice that you would give someone? Or some, or even an inspiring instructor. Yeah. Um, okay. So for me, my experience is with younger kids, um, middle school. Um, the biggest thing I like to focus on when I'm working with my kids is connecting with them. And um, we like to take them little trips. We'll take them like mini golfing or we'll take them like go-karting, you know, take them to the beach for a picnic, just connecting with them and bonding with them on that level. Because growing up when I was in the group at their age, I had my instructor get my fielitsa, I call it fielitsa. She would do that stuff with us. She would take us to Disney Springs for a weekend and just, you know, that's how we connected together with her and as a group. Mm -hmm. Um, Another big thing that we like to do is, um, especially when, uh, not only, but especially when it's like when we end up going to like a competition like HDF, we do like... um, icebreakers and like team building stuff. Um, I was a counselor at St. Stephen's camp in South Carolina. And so I bring some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh yeah, like icebreakers and stuff to that. Mm-hmm. So that helps a lot. So yeah, just really connect with your, with your students. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a huge point um, because again, looking back at all the fun memories is typically the car rides there mm. to, to wherever you're going, you know, to either workshops or, or wherever it is that you're, that you're going to is like, that's exactly what, what it is. It's like you, you bond with your instructor and you have that special time with them, you know, and, and, uh, 
in most of your memories and most of the inside jokes, you know, that you, that you create or, or the car rides or whatever happens, you know, um, if a car ends yeah. up breaking down is typically what happens to us, but. <laughs> and that helps, that helps in the line and in the dance that helps them get comfortable with each other. And not only and... that, but it also helps to spread that word. Yeah. Um, for others that that didn't want to come or you know um, like, oh my god we had so much yeah. fun you should come next time especially like when we brought our kids to Fort Lauderdale um that was they they could not stop talking about it and Aww. yeah it was it was so awesome and and I was a little bit nervous because I didn't know you know how they would react I mean we haven't done something like that since before so since before COVID it's been like two mm-hmm. years um so just having them attend the workshops and, and being able to connect with each other. And they're like, you know, we had so much fun and they were talking about it on the car ride back and stuff. And, and then we're like, okay, great. Now tell all your friends, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, get yeah. this. Going. That's awesome. Tell but, them all about all the TikToks yeah. you made. <laughs> yes. So that's a, that's a huge one for me. I'm, I'm such a big advocate for workshops. So for anybody out there, I mean, just go on I don't know, like, and I don't even know, I wish that they had a, a centralized location for all workshops, like all mm-hmm. jobs. Or ever. even like a website. Maybe we should make a website where yes. it's like a bulletin where you post. <laughs> yeah, but like a, yeah, absolutely. An app. We're going to develop an app. An app. Yes. Yes. I mean, we do. We do. Anybody who lets us know about a workshop going on, we certainly share that information through our page. So anybody who follows our podcast, we will always share whatever information we get. Mm-hmm. Canada will be happening, hopefully, again in May next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really heard of any others yet, but... Yeah, it's been um, because we were we were on the lookout to to do or to, to attend workshops. And finally, you know, Fort Lauderdale was like, yeah, we're going to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, that was such a great workshop. It was really yeah, great. it was such an impromptu and such a fantastic workshop. Mm-hmm. It, was, mm-hmm. it was awesome. I really can't say enough about it. It was so great. Yeah, it was a good time. You said just now, though, like, that I want to just kind of wrap up my thought with, at least. Um, the, we all love to dance. And going to the competitions, going to the conference, dance becomes that vehicle to pull us together. Mm-hmm. So even if the dance activity itself is not, I mean, many of us love it, but even for those that are like, I like it, but it's not like my passion, dance, if framed the right way, can still be that vehicle that pulls mm-hmm. the community together. And that ultimately, when we talk about all these crazy things, like when we talk about the bands in the hallway of the hotel after FDF or HDF closes out and it's like four in the morning and the bands are still going and, you know, this lobby is Cretan, that lobby is Macedonian, that lobby is Thraki and the parking lot is Galimnos and, oh, the parking west on the south side is, you know, Kefalonia or whatever, like, those little pockets of community. <laughs> not um, going there. <laughs> those little those little pockets. Yeah, we're you know, there's people that just love to dance that are there, but it's the community that happens in those moments. That's 
that feeling that we all grasp uh, hold on to and like yeah that's what so many of us talk about when we talk about how amazing the experience was is yes there was dancing yes there was music but it was how it all brought us together that really is the amazing part it's funny so. you mentioned that because we had um a dancer in our group um complete seno right and we he came he performed with us at HDF and he he always says how much of a how tight knit and community that the community feeling was with our group and with everyone else and how amazing of an experience it was so yeah that's definitely yeah it can definitely be pivotal it could be exactly integral to people mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. yep and I think go ahead no I, I just think dance is like such an important place for people to. Um, especially impressionable kids to feel like they fit in. You know what I mean? Like, I, um, I think gone are the days where if somebody really can't pick up the steps and they really have a timing problem, like we all know those dancers, but they try so hard. Like yeah. if that, if they want to do it, like more power to you, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I think that if, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, when, when your kids are, our age or whatever, um, that's what they're going to remember. You know what I mean? That like they were welcomed someplace. And I think that's just so important, you know? So I think we can, you know, we can talk about what we would love to see at something like HDF in terms of the line and that kind of stuff. And we'll get there because the pendulum is swinging, but the most important thing is that like you all are, are keeping up what's going on or what has gone on in the history of Tarpon Springs. And it's inclusive. Like you're, the kids are there, you know what I mean? So, um, especially because as welcoming as possible as well, like that, that to me moving from Greece to America, like I had such a difficult transition with that. Um, I was bullied in school and I just didn't make connections. Like, you know, like the, um, like I had in Greece, you know, I had my, my friends, I was very young. So it, it was still, but I remember my, my brother had a really hard time too, because he had established his friends in Greece. So when we moved here, it was so, it was so difficult. Um, and, um, just, just, um, having dance there for me, um, was, was so, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting emotional, but I just like exactly what you said. I found a sense of belonging because I had my, my group of people that no matter what I did, I could be myself around and I couldn't do that in school. Um, They understood where I was coming from, anything that I, I would say. And I just, I felt like I belonged. Like I finally belonged and I, I, I found my my calling if you if you will you know and and especially you know transitioning to another dance group um because the majority were of Kalimian descent it it was a struggle to to find my way in but finally like I pushed and now I'm you know you're stuck with me (laughs) yeah (laughs) I identify now right But uh, I remember actually (laughs) as a, as a note for that. So I, I always tease 
Mika, like Mika and I go, go back and forth about like me being Athenian and him being Kalimian and we always tease, tease each other and, um, um, but harmless, of course, at, uh, at HCF, um, there was, uh, um, uh, maybe you want to cut this out, but, uh, there was, <laughs> there was a musician and he, he was from Garbazo. And oh. he walked up to our table. Um, oh, God. And, um, Patty, Those people do not represent me. They're from a very different <laughs> village. Like so, a very different village. You know, uh, Patty was with him and he introduced him to us, you know, and whatever. And, and he said, you know, they're from Tarpon Springs and God knows, you know, whatever. And, um, and uh, he goes, Oh, you know, in, in Greek, he's, he said, you know, oh, the Kalimians, I, you, your women are crazy or you women are crazy or something along those lines, you know, whatever. And then I turned around and I was like, first of all, I'm not Kalimian. <laughs> but second of all, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because it's the Carpathian <laughs> women are <laughs> to another level crazy. So, and, he, and I was like, did you just hear me defend but it was just such a, a such a funny moment just to just to laugh at and uh, yeah. but I do when I'm I, I do I find myself getting defensive if you know somebody like ill speaks other than our group of course but if somebody says something bad like I I, I right away I'm like <laughs> Well, hold, hold on one second. <laughs> Where are you from? No. <laughs> right? I mean, those Carpathians. I mean, <laughs> I, I am from the superior village in Carpathos, so I can't really identify with the crazy that they're, they're speaking about. Um, but I, I know of it. I, I've heard of it. So. <laughs> what village are you from? A Betty. Okay. Yeah. My friend's from Arcasa. Oh, yeah. They're part of the problem. <laughs> Woo-hoo. No, I'm just kidding. My dog was born in Arcasa, so I have a, I have a soft spot for for, for Arcasa, but um, no, I'm just kidding. Oops. Yeah, it's just, but you know, I think what this speaks to is like, you know, there's so much more than than steps on a dance floor in in Greek dancing, and I think you know, you all like opening up tonight and sharing about you know growing up in Tarpon and, and what you all are doing. Um, I hope people realize that like wherever you're teaching, whatever you're doing group-wise, so on and so forth, you are carrying on traditions um, and impressing those traditions on people who you never know in 10 years, they might be the ones to carry them on. It could be the person you least expected to in your group, you know what I mean? Who, who steps up to kind of fill shoes um, when that comes up. So thank you both so much for spending time with us tonight. And before if we can close on this, just one more, one more inside little point, uh, you can totally cut this out because it's just yeah. a discussion. <laughs> um, one of my favorite memories of, of HDF was, um, those little pockets that you were talking about, Evan, before about like forming little pockets. Um, I remember as soon as we got off the dance floor oh of, of doing Kapadakia, and this was like a first introduction of Kapadakia, I guess they, they let us know, the judges let us know that nobody had done it at HGF before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the most surreal feeling because like everybody in the audience got up and clapped. So we were on a such a high 
like note right there nice. and then we like left that um and we were just so excited because we've worked so hard on it and we went outside and talking about like uniting so we had patty playing for us so so patty was outside of that conference room just a little bit over it, and then Mikari Kapas that hadn't come and visited us for for a couple of years so they united they were they came because we brought them to play for us, but then Manoli Juli um, came from California and he was playing for, for another dance group. So they united and they were playing in outside of the, of the conference room. And then you have Miguel like singing these old songs from God and just like, just listening to that all happen. Mm-hmm. And we just danced, you know, mm-hmm. with each other. And later on in the, in the hotel room, I I caught a little glimpse, which thank God I caught it on video, was of um, Manoli Juli singing. So Patty and Mikali were playing um, these um, old old uh, Kalimian songs, and Manoli Juli was tearing up as he was singing uh, because he was remembering just his, from his family, um, and it it was just you know, if you could be a fly on the wall kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I was recording just a little video of it and it, and what songs mean to each person and their story and what it tells. Mm-hmm. Um, it just brings up so many emotions and it's so exciting to be able to discuss it with you guys mm-hmm. and, and, um, and find our little, group of people that we can oh, yeah. finally like you know you get talk excited about about and, uh, yeah Even so we can connect so. yes yeah. we're not crazy we swear no. <laughs> or if you are crazy a little bit. we are we probably are <laughs> it's a we're all thing. the same type of crazy exactly. <laughs> exactly. oh my gosh I love that I love that those memories are um like psychosomatic you know what I mean like they're visceral um and they just, they will stick with you. And I, I truly hope that like kids these days experience in their world, that type of memory, you know what I mean? It may not be exactly like what we experience, um, but something like that. I think that's so important. Evan, I remember in one of your podcasts, you had shared your favorite memory, but I don't remember Maria about dancing and uh, how you guys were, were stuck um, somewhere, I think that you were saying, and it was like your favorite memory of dancing. Um, but Maria, I don't, I don't remember you, your story. So if we can ask you that. I don't know about, I mean, God, we, Evan and I are very similar to you guys. Like we are like Golo and Braki. We grew up together. <laughs> um, we like spent every waking hour together for many years, like in the church basement, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, God, I don't know. I don't remember what yours was. I don't remember it either. And I think that's probably because I'm old and I can't remember things. Um, <laughs> I, you know, oh. this might be, I don't, I don't want to say this was a favorite memory of mine, um, but it is a um, ingrained memory memorable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it kind of speaks to like a little bit of like 
it's not like a traditional Greek experience, but um, we were up in Montreal and we drove up there for the Hatsiani concert. So it was George, it was George Delata and Hatsiani and they were performing at like a theater. You know what I mean? So throughout the entire show, people were trying to get up and dance and it was like, like a theater theater, no tables, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and like the French, you know, uh, Quebecois people were like, ushers were like yelling at people to sit down. I'm like, this is like, just stop. You're going to like lose your breath. You know? like, um, so we really wanted to meet Hatsiani. And usually after like Greek shows, there's some kind of, you know, like, yeah, like he was, he was in the lobby, but there was so many people that were like, there was no chance of us getting close to him. Yeah. So this is like so slightly embarrassing because it's, it just is what it is. But um, so it's Montreal, it's freezing because even though it was like springtime, it was still very cold up there. Um, And we found the back entrance to the, the plaza that it was at. Yeah. Plaza arts or something like that. And we started dance Greek dancing to like whatever music, music we had on our cell phones, you know, which back which then, at the I, time was like the iPhone one. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. Um, the, original, the original iPhone. Yes. Cause we got Evan the original iPhone as a gift um, for teaching one year at the festival. So literally most likely. Wow. Was first. Um, <laughs> and they opened the door and they were like, like, I don't know, security. They're like, what are you doing? You know, but essentially, and this is where it kind of gets a little fuzzy. And we were like, we just really want to meet Hatsuyani and we're still dancing. Like we were dancing for like, I don't even know how long outside freezing. I still remember the heels that I was wearing, like whatever. And they <laughs> finally let us in because they were probably like these, these people, <laughs> weird ass people. They're like summoning the, summoning the spirits dancing around. <laughs> Literally, they're like, they don't speak French, you know, and, and you know, in, in Montreal, like they want, they speak French to you. You could speak English back to them and they're going to speak even more French to you with a thicker accent, you know, um, and don't get me wrong. Love my, love my Montreal people. Um, but yeah, so they finally, finally let us in um, and we met him and got his autograph and all this kind of stuff. We were and in his dressing room. We were. Not just let us in. They let us into his dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so and this guy really forgot how to spell his name. when. <laughs> yeah. He's Evan like, got tongue-tied. How do you spell? <laughs> I'm like, uh. uh. Um, so I feel like that it was, was a great conversation. My jaw was just on the ground the whole time. So, <laughs> but that was like a favorite. I mean, I have a lot of favorite dance yeah. memories, but I feel like that was a favorite memory because it was like so random. And if we wouldn't have done that, if we would have just been standing out there, they probably would have been like, go home. But they were like, these yeah. people are dancing around in circles, like, <laughs> you know, and they, <laughs> yeah, that was it. They let us in. That's awesome. That is awesome. It was a good time. That was a really good time. Um, yeah, there gosh, there are so many other memories. Um, but you know, I, I think the the crux is 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 dance is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's what we make of it for for the people that we interact with. So whether it's on this podcast or whether it's teaching, um, it's just so important because you never know, like again, years from now, somebody's gonna be like, Oh my god, I remember in Tarpon when they were teaching us and we were they were yelling at us for our cell phones, you know, but what I really remember is, you know, 
what the product was of that teaching. So exactly. Yeah. We hope so. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And if you ever want to meet a Greek artist, just dance awkwardly (laughs) to your music, like pair it with a traditional dance and it should work. Yeah. Use that in my in our lessons. All right. (laughs) If anything else. (laughs) Yeah. I have to go back and listen to our shows because I don't remember my memory. I have no idea, actually. I'm racking my brain trying to remember what it was. Yeah. It might have been that. I don't know. Who knows? I feel like we definitely talked about that memory. Yeah. For sure. That's been discussed. Yeah. Awesome. Guys, know. thank you so much for spending your, your evening with us. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It was really nice meeting us. you guys. Yes. I know. Great meeting both of you. Yeah. And we'll we'll have a WDC soon yeah. so you guys can go to Tarpa. Please oh, do. Count me we'll in. Come to Tarpa regardless. I mean <laughs> but yeah. Right. How about we do a a summer conference? <laughs> a summer conference? <laughs> I'll yeah, be, I'll be yeah, no, it just gets really hot in Florida. That's the no, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only down um, side to it. Now, what when it was, it was always fun getting a a winter break. And I was gonna say that most people enjoy it because you know they, they come from places that are colder, so. <laughs> <laughs> a lot colder than uh, our week uh, 60 degrees if yeah, that of winter <laughs> if that yeah. right um i tried to get patty to crash the podcast but he apparently has things to do tonight he hasn't checked oh, his messages busy, busy oh, man. whatever <laughs> probably like retuning <laughs> a guitar priorities I was like, how funny would that be? Because I don't think you guys would be able to see that he entered the waiting room if I just like let him on. He was like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but his loss. Whatever. Yes, exactly. We'll tell him that. <laughs> yeah, please do. As we're, as we're we're talking about what great memories he's brought on, then yeah. <laughs> be like, no. <laughs> right. Right.